Today on Not Sam Wrestling, the boss is back. It has been a wild ass couple of days, and we try to break it all down right now on Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Boy, oh boy, welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. The nice thing about being a person who talks about wrestling is that we haven't run out of a thing. In I mean, it's literally been years since it was remotely difficult to figure out what we were going to do on this show. I feel like we've been on a roll since about the 2020 Royal Rumble. That's the three years now. Three years. The 2020 Royal Rumble was just, hey, how good was that Rumble, man? It seems like things are going in a different direction. And ever since then, you had the 2020 Royal Rumble. The Elimination Chamber that year was real good, too. You rolled into the pandemic, which was its own evolving, incredible news story, let's just say, regardless of, of how it affected individuals, uh, which rolled into coming out of the pandemic, getting back in front of crowds, which rolled into 2022, which we've been over on this show already. And six days as it was, now nine days into 2023, and it's already given 2022 a run. It's already sitting there going, oh, you think we're done? No, 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 no. We're not done. This is what we do now. These years that we've been having, 2020, psychotic 2021, psychotic 2022, they're not outliers. This is how we do business now in the world. You're like, all right. Well, I guess I'm just along for the ride. Because I thought... I was going to come on this show today and say the boss is back and be referring to Sasha Banks. That was the biggest story on, what was that, Wednesday morning? Mercedes Monet? At first I thought it was Monet because that's a name, but then the music kept going, Monet, Monet. And I was like, oh, Mercedes Monet, like Banks, Boss, CEO, oh, okay. Sasha Banks shows up on Wrestle Kingdom looking like a megastar, flames running through that blue hair. Has this incredible entrance with the big robe and the and the headdress and everything. Drops Kyrie, the former Kyrie Sane, and announces to the world that next month she'll be competing for the IWGP Women's Championship. And you go, wow, Sasha Banks is back in a wrestling ring. This is going to be one of those stories. It's not going to get, this is at least going to cover us until the Rumble, right? Wrong. It covered us for a day. One day. One day. One day is what we got with that. One. Because coming right off of that, Thursday, 5 p.m. or so. It was just when the markets closed. So it was right about 5 p.m., which is just, and, and you know, people strategically make announcements at 5 p.m. Articles drop 
at 5 p.m. Uh, 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 press releases get sent out at 5 p.m. strategically when the markets close because, you know, we're going to see how this pans out. It's the same thing when WWE, if memory serves, announced when Vince McMahon sent out the tweet that at 77 years old, it's time to hang up the boots. It's tired. It's going to go ahead and, uh, and retire from the WWE. It was at like five o'clock on the dot. Markets are closed. It's Friday. Let's go, right? So apparently, Vince was ready to retire at 77 as he tweeted. But he didn't, he just needed a rest. It was like when you think, man, I need about 12 hours of sleep. You just need a nap. You don't need 12 hours. You need a good solid three. Solid three hours and you're like, oh, that's enough. That's what happened with Vince, I think. Because here we are, what was five months? Five, five months later. And Vince has opted uh, to come out of retirement and to re-enter the workforce. Um, so I guess uh, news kind of started floating a week or two ago. Wall Street Journal, who has been on top of this. Wall Street Journal was the first uh, uh, paper that reported that there was an investigation happening at all into misconduct, sexual misconduct, misappropriation of funds. The whole thing was started in the public eye by this Wall Street Journal report. And then Wall Street Journal is the one that reported... Uh, uh, Vince is stepping down from CEO at first when he was staying on as head of creative, but he's going to step down as CEO. And then he retires this, that Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago reports that Vince is trying to figure out how to get back in, that Vince is trying to figure out like he, his intention is to be back in charge, in power in WWE. And I wasn't shocked. When I read that, and I also didn't take that to go, yeah, Vince wants to, but fat chance, because it's WWE and it's Vince McMahon. Long term, are you going to be able to forcibly keep those two apart? I don't think so. So a couple of weeks removed, whatever it was, Thursday, 5 p.m., Twitter's going crazy. I was in the car. Thankfully, my wife was driving because I got to refresh the old Twitter button and people are going nuts because Wall Street Journal drops another report that Vince McMahon has let the board at WWE know that he intends to return and he would like to return as executive chairman. And apparently what's being reported is that Vince McMahon has let the board of directors know that he would not support any discussion of a sale of the company or, and this is the very important one, any media rights negotiations unless he had direct involvement as executive chairman from the outset of a strategic review. Meaning, media rights conversations and talks of a sale. He wants to be involved on the highest level 
from the earliest level. It's going to make things very complicated because they could just say, okay, well, we won't sell the company. But media rights, media rights conversations, you have to have media rights conversations. Media rights is, is the way they make their money. I mean, media rights is the deal with Fox, the money Fox pays for SmackDown, the money USA pays for Monday Night Raw. Media rights is the money Peacock play, pays for the, w, the former WWE network. Media rights is Hulu paying for content. Media rights is A&E paying for content. Media rights is all of it. International media rights, the whole thing. So you're going, oh my God. And then you're like, well, how can you do this now? Apparently, and this has been really an interesting thing because as you watch people who, you know, shows like this, on this show, we talk about wrestling. I know about wrestling. Like the stuff that's on TV, I am best equipped to give you my theories on who Uncle Howdy is. I am best equipped to give you my theories on what the character Hulk Hogan's true intentions were from WrestleMania 3 to WrestleMania 5. That's what I'm best equipped for. I'm best equipped for saying, here's who should win the Royal Rumble and why I think so. I am equipped to give you a scenario as to how Santino winning the Royal Rumble instead of Alberto Del Rio could have been a net positive for that year's WrestleMania season from a creative standpoint. That's where I'm a Viking. That's what I'm equipped to do. That's why the podcast is called Not Sam Wrestling as opposed to Not Sam Corporate Business. Because I haven't spent years and years and years of my life watching corporate news, reading the Wall Street Journal, watching CNBC. I watch Shark Tank. I would never allow somebody to have something uh, to, to, in perpetuity, because I've seen Mr. Wonderful get people that way. But other than that, it's not my field of expertise. And the same, I would imagine, would go for a lot of the people that we get our wrestling information from, whether it's from a Twitter account or a website or a newsletter or whatever it is. We're now getting reports about the inner workings of a publicly traded company from the same sources that give us reports on which of the three faces of Foley was actually the best one. And so it's a little dangerous. If you're interested in my opinion, take it with a grain of salt, obviously. But I have an opinion. You knew I would. You know how closely I'm watching this. I mean, just in the fact that like, when Brock Lesnar is returning, there's rumblings and rumblings and rumblings. The idea that The Rock might be in the Royal Rumble, those rumblings started around Thanksgiving. But Vince McMahon returning and becoming the executive chairman of the board, no rumblings. Wall Street Journal posted that article. That's it. No wrestling news actually found out that this wrestling news might be happening. Um... But all that said, so to my, I, and, I, and I say all that to preface 
not to take any of this with any level of expertise. This is simply, I've been doing a lot of reading. I'm being honest with you. Most people won't be honest with you. Most people will probably try to pass off that because they know how many different tag team partners Jim the Anvil Nightheart had in WWE, that they also know how weighted shares of stock work. They don't. I'm telling you, I don't either. But I've done a lot of reading, and so I'm going to try to explain it to you as I have learned it myself. You go, well, how can Vince, who is retired and not the CEO of the WWE anymore, not in charge of the company, how can he just decide to go back? Well, first of all, the way the board works is it is a publicly traded company. The board is there to act in the best interest of the shareholders and have the ultimate say over any giant overarching decisions that will make a huge impact on the value of the company to make sure that the shareholders are not getting cheated. This is something that every publicly traded company has. It's different from the CEO or the president or whoever who make those day-to-day -day decisions, right? Something huge like a media rights deal the Peacock deal, something like that. The CEO would take it to the board, okay? And the CEO is on the board, but that's one member of the board. Now, Vince McMahon was the chairman of the board and the CEO, of course, because what else is Vince McMahon gonna do? But he left his position as CEO, and then when he retired, he left the board of directors for the WWE. However, he did not sell his shares in WWE. And while he is not the person who owns the most WWE shares, the shares that he owns are weighted. It's called weighted stock, meaning every person who is a shareholder in WWE gets to vote on decisions, right? If you're a shareholder, and they put it up to the shareholders to vote, they can make determinations. That said, if you own 200 shares of WWE stock, you know, that's that's significantly less than 1%. Like you're not, you're not sitting there giving a yay or nay, unless you have a lot of stock and it's weighted. And so because of that, you have the vast majority of the voting power. I mean, something like 80%. If that's the case, you can make things very difficult. And my understanding is that's what's being discussed here. You're not going to be able to pass any of these decisions if I don't vote on it. And I won't if I'm not the one making the decisions. So they go, okay. After that journal article comes out, uh, Vince McMahon himself puts out a press release or a press release comes from Vince McMahon. Obviously, he didn't write it himself and upload it himself. But it's not from a greater company. It's just simply from Vince. It says, Vince McMahon, the founder and controlling shareholder of World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, announced today that he has, uh, that's controlling shareholder because he has all those weighted shares, announced today that he has taken necessary actions to position the company to capitalize on a unique opportunity to maximize long-term value for all WWE shareholders. The actions communicated to WWE's board of directors today via written consent 
include the elections of the board to the board of Mr. McMahon, as well as Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, former co-presidents and board members and current co-founders of blah, 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 and the requisite removal from the board of three directors. Mr. McMahon expects to assume the role of executive chairman of the board. So Vince is saying he's taking back chairman, but now he's going to be the executive chairman. He's the man. No question about it. No co-chair. Executive chairman is him. And he's bringing his people with him. Michelle Wilson and George Barrios were the co-presidents of WWE working directly under Vince McMahon before Nick Khan arrived in WWE. Uh, they were responsible for the WWE Network era. And when it came time to sell the WWE Network, things happened. And for whatever reason, they were let go from the company. Now, when they were let go, if I remember correctly, Wall Street was a little shaky. His stock went down a little bit when they were let go, but then in comes Nick Khan. And Nick Khan becomes the president of WWE, fills that role, and is in charge of making a lot of these deals. This is what Nick Khan does, and he has done an insane job, uh, insanely good job of, of, of these deals. And I can say that without knowing the specifics of what he does day to day, just looking at how good the media rights deals have been for WWE in the last couple of years. But people were wondering, what, what's Vince McMahon been doing since he left WWE? Apparently, Michelle and George and Vince have been on some three-way calls because Vince says, I'm coming back and I'm not coming back alone. I'm going to make sure that I have allies so I'm not going in blind, which is a genius move. Uh, the press release says Mr. McMahon's new role will enable unified decision-making through the company's upcoming media rights negotiations and a parallel full review of the company's strategic alternatives, which Mr. McMahon believes is the right course of action and in the best interests of WWE and WWE shareholders amidst the current dynamics in the media and entertainment industry. As Mr. McMahon has communicated to the board, he believes there is a narrow window of opportunity to create significant value for all shareholders and that to do so, the strategic alternatives review must occur in tandem with the media rights negotiations. He also expressed to the board that he believes these two initiatives require Mr. McMahon's direct participation, leadership, and support as controlling shareholder. He is saying, I am the controlling shareholder. You have to act in the shareholder's best interest, and I am the shareholder with the loudest voice by a mile. And I'm telling you, as the controlling shareholder, that I can see what has to happen coming up. And as the controlling shareholder, I believe that I am the one that has to be in charge of making that deal. And he's saying, otherwise, I'm not going to vote for it. And they go, all right, all right. Quote, a quote from Mr. McMahon. A quote from Mr. McMahon in 2023? WWE is entering a critical juncture in its history with the upcoming media rights negotiations, coinciding with increased industry-wide demand for quality content and live events, with more companies seeking to own the intellectual property on their platforms. The only way for WWE to fully capitalize on this opportunity is for me to return as executive chairman and support the management team in the negotiations for our media rights and to combine that with a review of strategic alternatives. Um, and I don't think he's... Uh, 
wrong here about the discussion of a sale along with the conversation about media rights. WWE is making money hand over fist because there are very, very few entertainment bodies that produce the kind of programming. I would go as far as to say none that aren't specifically sports organizations that produce the kind of content that WWE produces. Every television channel, every streaming service, every place that produces content has one struggle right now. How do we keep people coming back every week? How do we keep eyeballs on our platform? How do we keep subscribers engaged? Netflix can come out with series that are absolute phenomenons. Wednesday, everybody's watching this show Wednesday on Netflix, but they're watching it over the course of 10 days and then they're moving on. Squid Games, another Netflix thing. They're watching it over the course of 10 days and then they're moving on. And a lot of people now, because there are so many streaming services, when they move on, they click unsubscribe. I'll turn on my subscription again when there's a, a new show. I don't need to just sit there and watch the same documentaries over and over again. How do you keep people tuned into weekly television? You got uh, Yellowstone, right? But when Yellowstone's not on the air, how do we keep people coming back Sunday nights? People will watch Yellowstone every Sunday night. That's good for about, what, 13 weeks a year? For the other 39 weeks, how do we keep people coming back? Well, what if I told you that there was a television show with an incredible fan base that well over a million people, if you have both shows combined, three million people tune into loyally twice a week for five hours, two, hour, two hours and three hours, five hours a week on Mondays and on Fridays. And it's every week and it's 52 weeks a year. Is that something you might be interested in? Yeah, that sounds great. And it's made WWE an extremely valuable commodity. The same way the NFL, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, National Hockey League, the same way they're uh, Major League Soccer, the same way all FIFA, I don't, the same way all sports organizations have only become more and more valuable as the sort of content industry is getting knocked on its head. It's because people aren't going to stop watching that stuff. People aren't going to stop watching WWE. Some will, but everybody won't. It's what we do. There's 150,000 wrestling podcasts every single week. 150,000. You think they're going to stop watching the show? What are all these podcasts going to do if that were the case? So then the question becomes, okay, rights fees are only going to go up every year. The problem is these streaming services and these television channels, the TV channels are having so many problems keeping eyeballs on them. They're not making advertising money hand over fist the way they were years ago. 
the streaming services, it's not essential. Everybody in the world doesn't have to have every streaming service anymore. They're not making money hand over fist. Netflix for the first time is not guaranteed to see subscriber growth every quarter. There was a time when there were three things that you could guarantee in life, death, taxes, and Netflix getting an uptick in subscribers every quarter. It's not the case anymore. And it's just because things have normalized. So it makes it so something like WWE is incredibly valuable. However, it becomes so valuable that a company has to go, I don't know if we can afford this. WWE is not wrong to be charging as much as they're charging for their content. But is there any way for us to make our money back? That is how much it's worth. And it would be a huge increase in business for us if we had that content. But even with that content, even with the increase in business, is there any way for us to make all that money back? And then they look at what else the WWE has got. And they're like, well, look at the, all that IP that they just have. The characters, the merchandising, and they've got it all. Why does WWE have to own everybody's name? Because they've got 40 years of intellectual property that they're just sitting on. And then they've got ECW's intellectual property. And then they got WCW's intellectual property. They got world classes intellectual property. They got everybody's intellectual. They got everything. So they got the characters. They got the merchandise. And what do they do when they're not on TV? Live events? They got ticket sales, live events. WrestleMania is already almost sold out. They put 150,000 people over the course of two days in that stadium in, in Los Angeles. That would be a nice, nice uh, chunk of change for a, for a media company to be a part of. So, so I think Vince and probably more than just Vince, a lot of people involved know that as WWE discusses media rights negotiations, that there is a huge chance that some of these companies go, look, it doesn't make sense financially for us to pay this much to license your content. How much more money would it cost us for us to buy you right out? If Peacock's like, yeah, we want your content. We want to have the WWE Network on Peacock. It doesn't make sense for us to pay all this money. But we also have all these other TV stations Keeping Raw on USA. What if we move SmackDown to NBC? What if we do? How much would it cost for the whole enchilada? It's, it's a very high likelihood that that conversation is at least going to come up. And it would appear here that Mr. McMahon would like to be, or, or on Thursday, Mr. McMahon was letting the world know that when those conversations happen, not only would he like to be a part of those conversations, he'd like to start now planning for those conversations, please. Otherwise, he doesn't think the conversations are going to move much further. 18 hours later, it's announced that just that quick, 
Mr. McMahon's back on the board. WWE put out a press release. Today, we announced that the founder of WWE, Vince McMahon, will be returning to the board. And chairman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon, co-CEO Nick Khan, and chief content officer Paul... Oh, said. Uh, chairman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon, co-CEO Nick Khan, and chief content officer Paul Levesque. We also welcome back Michelle Wilson and George Barrios to our board of directors. Everybody is coming home. Uh, together, we look forward to exploring all strategic alternatives to maximize shareholder value. They announced that everything Vince said happened. That Vince and George Barrios and Michelle Wilson are all on the board. Apparently, apparently Vince is executive chairman and Stephanie McMahon is chairwoman. I don't know how that works. But not only did they free up three seats by eliminating people, two additional people to those three resigned from the board of directors, one of them being the person that was in charge of the investigation into Mr. McMahon's corporate behaviors. Unbelievable. So now the board is uh, Steve Coonan, Steve uh, Payman, Michelle McKenna, George Barrios, Michelle Wilson, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, and Vince McMahon. That is your current board of directors for WWE. Now, apparently... WWE held an employee meeting on Friday. Obviously, a lot of, I mean, as much as we're all speculating, you can only imagine what the employees in Stamford, Connecticut were going through as, as they, they read all this. I am nowhere near an employee of the WWE, so obviously I did not see this meeting. I have not spoken to any employee of the WWE about any of this. So uh, uh, I don't know anything about this meeting firsthand or secondhand, I read secondhand accounts of it from websites. And that's where I'm getting this information from. Uh, they said that uh, basically it was a quick meeting. They said it was led by Stephanie, Nick Khan, and Frank Riddick. Um, they spoke about Vince McMahon being, the, this is coming from Fightful, by the way, is where I'm reading this from. Um they spoke about Vince McMahon being the controlling shareholder and the possibility of a sale as well as a media rights deal. It was stressed that the day-to-day -day is not changing across the board. It was noted that the sale could be a huge positive and that they would be looking at potential sale offers before negotiating rights fees. Vince McMahon will get a final say. They said a sale might not happen and that the company could be taken private if there's a sale. It was portrayed that this move was made to look at the market for its maximize uh, rights fee deals and potential sale price. And I believe all that, but basically they said, don't worry, everything's good. It's a positive. Uh, and day-to-day -day is not going to change. Vince McMahon won't be back in charge. Paul Levesque is staying where Paul Levesque is. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are staying as co-CEOs. Nothing's changing, which is true today. Who the hell can possibly make a prediction as to what's going to happen tomorrow in the world of professional wrestling. We can wildly speculate. That's what we can do.
Some people are very scared. Some fans. Fans are nervous. Fan, there are fans who really have enjoyed what Triple H has done in the last five months. Watching, you know, the, the amount of people come back that fans wanted to see get a shot. Watching storylines that many have said are, are, are more logical than some of the ones in the past. Seeing somebody like Bray Wyatt get the opportunity to, to really explore creatively and tell a long-form story. They want this to continue. Wrestling memes have just been as good as they've ever been. It's a great time for wrestling memes. I mean, the amount of gifts that I have seen of a shocked William Regal are just making me giggle every single time I see it. I mean, I would love to get his perspective on this. Can you imagine you get released while Vince McMahon is in charge? William Regal has said on podcasts, I believe, that, that when he went to AEW, he went with Mr. McMahon's blessing and Mr. McMahon gave him the okay to use the name William Regal in AEW. So clearly there is a relationship there. Because released under Vince McMahon, he goes to AEW. Triple H is in charge. He goes, come back, Regal. Regal goes, oh, Triple H is in charge. This is good for me. I'm going to go be a VP. He negotiates a deal, gets out of his AEW deal, goes back to WWE as soon as he gets back to WWE. Literally same day. He started this week. They go, oh, Vince is coming back to be in charge. What? Well, in charge of the board. In charge of the big picture. Do I think? Vince McMahon could be back in charge of television? Of course he could. Do I think Vince McMahon could be back in charge of the day-to-day? -day? Of course he could be. What, am I going to sit here and be like, no, that's too wild. That's too crazy. Of course that's possible. It's Vince McMahon. But, you know, I mean, I am just sitting here kind of watching it happen. We can all speculate, right? That's something to keep in mind. I get the emotional connection to it because as wrestling fans, we don't want any of this to change. As wrestling fans, we have dedicated years and years and years of our life to this thing. Hours and hours and hours. A lot of us that are listening to this show right now, that are watching it on YouTube, there is nothing that we've given the amount of time to in our lives that we've given to wrestling over the course of all the years that we've been alive. We became obsessed with it as small children and never grew out of it. I'm a grown man with children of my own. I buy more toys than they do because I need, not only do I need all the WWE action figures, I need all the nostalgic action figures and I need to rebuy all the stuff that I bought as a kid because I didn't let go of any of it, and neither did you. And so we feel a connection to this thing. This is not a show that we watch. We're connected to it. And we worry about change because we don't want anybody changing the thing that, that we hold in, in such regard. We love it. We love it. A lot of us, we've got our family, We've got wrestling. We've got our job. And that makes up almost our entire life. 
You're going to take a third out of that and somebody's going to mess with it? It's a scary thing. So I get it. I get the whole thing. But if you can possibly step out of that emotional connection, because there are very few products like the WWE, that that many people have that strong of an emotional connection to. I feel it. WWE is mine. So much of, it, it's my thing. So much of me is cooked up in that sports entertainment organization. And if you really think about it, I'm sure you feel the same way. But ultimately, good or bad, positive or negative, what's that thing that you hear everybody say about their experience in WWE? Why'd, why'd you change your name to this? Why'd you choose to do that? Why'd you have that match? Why'd you lose in that way? Why'd you cut that promo? Because ultimately, it's not my sandbox. It's that guy's sandbox. And if I'm playing in his sandbox, but if he says, we're not playing that game anymore, we're not playing that game anymore. We're playing a different game because it's his sandbox. Everybody that goes through that company at one point or another has said, but it's his sandbox, it's not my sandbox. And so what do you expect? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a money grab for Vince McMahon. If the company gets sold, he's still a controlling shareholder. If the company gets sold, his share prices go up. He still makes the money, right? If he's not involved with the sale whatsoever, he still makes money a lot. And it's not like he's looking at his bank account and he's going without. It's not about the money, I don't think, if I had to guess. I think it's about the fact that he built the sandbox. Yeah, you could say he bought the sandbox from his dad, but when he bought the sandbox from his dad, it was, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, a goldfish bowl. It wasn't a sandbox. It might have been a, 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 a gerbil tank. It was a tank that you could hold gerbils in with sawdust at the bottom. And he somehow, in that crazy brain of his, made it into a massive sand pit. And maybe he started sniffing that somebody else was going to sell his sand pit. And as long as he's breathing air, he didn't want that to be the case. That's one possibility. Look, another possibility is, and 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 I, 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 I used to be concerned. I go, well, if there's a sale of WWE to another company, what's that going to mean for wrestling? Is that going to be the end of wrestling? I think that answer is no. Why would a company, it's going to be a billions and billions of dollars sale. Why would a company spend billions and billions of dollars to not make money off the thing? And if you're going to make money off the thing, you have to deliver the product that the people that pay money to the product want to see because then they'll give you their money. So you look and, and, and you realize, oh, well, maybe... If somebody else owns the company, that's not to say that the people who are in charge of the company won't remain in charge of the company. CNBC uh, put out a report. The first part of the report was that WWE has hired JP Morgan, the bank, uh, to help facilitate a potential sale of the company. 
CNBC said if the deal occurred, it would likely occur within the next three to six months. That's crazy soon. That's like potentially before WrestleMania. If I'm WWE, I wait until right after WrestleMania because I feel like WrestleMania is going to be a huge success this year. And if you can come off the heels of a major financial success, I'm talking a nine-figure financial success, then it's probably worth doing that. But CNBC published uh, an, an article and CNBC put out a list of potential buyers concerning WWE's sale. Now, this doesn't mean anything other than CNBC's speculation. It's very interested in one buyer in particular, and that was Endeavor. Endeavor, and I'll go over the whole list with you guys just so we can, I mean, if anything, it makes me feel better when I get concerned over somebody else owning this thing that I love so much. But um, Endeavor is is a, a group that, well, they own UFC. And so you could see where you're like, well, if you own UFC, you already know this business. And if you could somehow package WWE and UFC together, I mean, there's a boatload of cash to be made. Right? If you could offer a streaming service that gives both UFC and WWE as well as pay-per-view access to all of those events, if you could figure out a weekend in which there was a UFC pay-per-view one night and a WWE pay-per-view the next night, if you could have the same people doing production on both, if you could figure out a deal where you could have the stars of one coming to the other, you could use the broadcasters from one going to the other. Like there, there's there's a lot of potential crossover. Merchandising, all of it. But the thing that I found most interesting is that when Endeavor bought UFC, one of the keys to the deal was keeping Dana White in charge of UFC because Dana White was synonymous with UFC at that point. He was the person. He wasn't just a figurehead. He was the brain. Like it was like, like, like Dana White being in charge was one of the things that they felt made the UFC the UFC. There is a version of this where Endeavor could go, hey, we'll buy WWE. We want Vince to be in charge or Vince says this is part of it. But then we also want a contingency plan. Vince is 77 years old, right? The problem before Vince left was everybody said he's never going to give up power and it's time to give up power. What if Endeavor goes, okay, we want Vince in charge, but we also want to know that there's somebody waiting so that when Vince is no longer capable of doing it, there's somebody right under him because that's going to happen. Maybe Triple H gets a guarantee. Okay, Vince is going to come back and then Triple H is going to take, who knows? Who knows? Or Endeavor says, yeah, but we want Hunter to stay in charge. Endeavor goes, hey, we want to buy the company, but we want a Dana White type in charge of WWE. We want Hunter to be in charge. We still want Stephanie and Nick Khan there. You know, people have liked what the product has been in the last five months. That's what we want the product to be. Who knows? You know? This is the article that CNBC put out had uh, Endeavor. It had uh, Liberty Media, which is a company that they own a lot of different uh, media groups. They own DirecTV. I don't know if they still do. They own SiriusXM. You know, this is 
this is what they do. They buy big media companies. They own one of the racing companies, I think, like NASCAR. I don't think they own NASCAR, but whatever. Liberty Media is on their group of, of people to watch. And then it's uh, Comcast, NBC Universal, which I think is on everybody's list of potential because they already have Raw. They've had Raw other than that window that Spike TV had it for all the years that it was on USA, like it's part of the family, um, as well as Peacock. You know, they have the WWE network already. They're heavily invested in WWE. How do we make some return, more return on that investment? Well, we'll spend more, we'll own everything outright, and then we'll make all our money back. Possible. Fox is on this list. Again, Fox is already in business. Fox Sports is heavily in business with uh, WWE in terms of uh, they're producing content, they're producing podcasts, articles on the website, uh, SmackDown, obviously. Fox is very involved, and I'm, I, I'm, it seems like they like what they're seeing. Um, then you go into the other streaming companies, Amazon, which, you know, if football is doing well on Amazon, there's no reason to think the WWE wouldn't do just as well. And They've got, you know, Amazon Prime. What would separate Amazon Prime? Well, if you had all the wrestling that's ever existed, that would help. Um, Netflix, obviously, we talked about Netflix uh, at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, Disney. Disney's a big one. You saw what Disney did with Marvel. You saw what Disney did with Star Wars. Disney has a lot of ways to execute on valuable IP. And while... You know, not everything WWE has ever done seems like it fits under the Disney umbrella. Disney also owns ESPN. Maybe they go, well, what if we put a WWE show on ESPN? We're looking for more programming always for ESPN. That would work for that. What if we put a Hulkamania ride, a, a you know, a, a, a ride dedicated to The Rock, a ride dedicated to The Undertaker in Disney World Hollywood Studios? What if we, you know, there's a million things you could do. What if we turn the Tower of Terror into the Towering Inferno and it's Kane's ride. It's got to be Kane. There's lots of things that Disney could do. And then a real interesting one. So it was uh, Comcast, Fox, Disney, Netflix, Amazon, Endeavor, Liberty. And then this one is hilarious. Warner Brothers Discovery. I mean, months removed from people talking about what is AEW's next move going to be? What is Warner Brothers Discovery going to do with AEW? Boom. Now they're on the list by CNBC of who knows, people that might buy WWE. I don't see it happening since they're fully entrenched with WWE's competition. But certainly stranger things have happened. Look, there's not... It's, it's not just wrestling, right? It's not like anybody can just go out and start a wrestling organization and somebody will pay them a ton of money for TV rights. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. Tony Khan did not get a deal for Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is going back on its own independent streaming service. And I'm sure they'll make money. It's just to say Warner Brothers Discovery could have bought a Ring of Honor show. They didn't. Because it's not, they're not just looking for wrestling. But WWE is not just wrestling. 
WWE is 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 something that has been entrenched in in Americana here and then globally has been a part of culture for now generation after generation after generation. There are eras, the golden era, the Hulkamania era, the new generation, the attitude era, ruthless aggression, the reality era, and now what I'm dubbing the batshit insane era that we're all a part of today. And that's where we're at. Look, you know, I mean, it's crazy. It's nuts. As wrestling fans, as podcast listeners, podcast hosts, all we can do is wildly, wildly speculate. Get on the phone and talk to your friends. Text them right now. Here's what I think is going to happen. That's what I think is going to happen. And then your friend is going to be like, oh, how many uh, publicly traded companies have you see go through stuff like this? Oh, I've never paid attention to it before in my life. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think Netflix is going to buy it and Wednesday Adams is going to debut and they're going to bring back Sunday Night Heat. What? Yup, because I'm wildly speculating. It's what we should all be doing. Get on Twitter. Wildly speculate. It's fun. People like it. People get mad at it. People get happy about it. What are you, an idiot? It's great. Yes is the answer. We're all morons. Of course, of course. None of us went to business school. Yes. I'm an idiot, of course. <laughs> but that's the point. Yes. Right before I was speculating as to where this billion-dollar company was going to go, I was figuring out which shelf my doink figure should go on. Yes, I'm unfit to have this conversation. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to have the conversation. We got to have it. Because that's what we're here for as wrestling fans. It's what makes this time so magical. There was a time when all we could do was wildly speculate as to who was going to win the main event of WrestleMania. Now, there's so much more to speculate on. So do it often and do it wildly because it's a beautiful time. I mean, besides all that, you know, um, like I said, money, money. Mercedes Manet made her debut. I And here's, you know, it's interesting. Seen the photos. Bailey and Naomi both went over to Japan to support Mercedes. Wonderful thing. You love to see friendships like that. I was on the Sasha bandwagon from day one. People love to forget that. Even the Sasha stands. They don't know that piece of trivia. They don't remember the Sasha Banks was my favorite wrestler era of not Sam wrestling back when it was Sam Roberts wrestling podcast. I was happy to see her. Here's what I think. I think we see Mercedes Monet probably win the IWGP women's championship. I think we see her in triple A. 
think she pops up eventually in AEW. I don't think she's going to be Soraya's partner. I don't think she will be. I think she will. I, I don't think she'll be there in Los Angeles next week. I think by the time we get to March, maybe she'll pop up on a pay-per-view. But I think she'll go to AEW for like a match, not for a full run. And then once she hits all the tour stops, I think she'll be back in WWE. And I think it'll be the right move. I think it'll just increase her value. You know, I, I, I think that honestly, that would probably be the best move for her to go to AEW for a match. Why go for a whole run? You go for a match and you make it a huge match. Increase your value. That's what it's all about. That's all any of this is about. Increase your value. And then go to the spot with the most money. Money. It's WWE. Come on. Come on, man. Especially after uh, Warner Brothers buys them. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations uh, to the former Sasha Banks on uh, going through uncharted territory and uh, making this thing happen. Uh, also... Note for Bailey, congratulations on 10 years in the WWE this week. She sent out a tweet uh, uh, acknowledging that she's been in the WWE for a decade of destruction. She didn't say a decade of destruction, I did, but I think that's what she should call it. I just think it's a good marketing uh, gimmick. Uh, and I don't think it's ever been done before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got the Royal Rumble. We got our main event. We have Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Uh, now, look, do I think Kevin Owens is going to win the title? No. I think, no, I mean, of course not. Like, Roman is clearly keeping it until WrestleMania, regardless of who he's fighting at the Rumble. Um... But I could see Sammy's going to get involved, right? So I could see Sammy trying to cost Roman or, or Sammy trying to cost Kevin Owens the match. He messes up. You know, he does the old road dog Remember Road Dog tripped Jeff Jarrett instead of HBK by mistake at In Your House too, Something like that. And makes it so it backfires and hits Roman. Now, it doesn't cost Roman the match. Roman wins the match. But he's now furious at Sami Zayn. Post-match beatdown of Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens saves Sami. Sami and Kevin Owens embrace. And that's the Sammy turn, which can lead to us doing the Roman-Sammy match at Elimination Chamber. I would think that that's something like that is the way to go, but they've been doing such a good job of throwing me for a loop, man. I, I love the journey that we went on on SmackDown with Roman yelling at Sammy. You can tell that the stories on SmackDown have been what it's all about lately. I looked at it, and on Monday Night Raw this week, they went almost a full 90 minutes before they did anything not directly related to SmackDown. 
from the bloodline coming in and disrupting. Hot open for Raw, but it was a bloodline open. Then they did a bloodline match. Then they did Alexa versus Bianca, which had the Uncle Howdy tie-ins throughout, which is a SmackDown story. By the time, I I don't think they did anything that was pure Raw until uh, the the Chad Gable match. I think that was pure Raw, but it was after 9 o'clock by the time they got there. And they kept on moving with SmackDown this week. Roman Reigns yelling at Sammy. Roman has gotten so good, and I've talked about this before, at just portraying emotional abuse. Uh, just, just instilling that level of fear in people. It's really, really something to behold for me. Um, I really love it. And uh, you see him yell at Sammy and then seeing him have Sammy in the locker room or in the office, right? The, back, the dressing room. And then making Sammy watch the match with him. No, 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 Sammy. I should apologize to you. Yeah, no, stay here. Watch with me. He offers him the popcorn, and then the next shot, they all have popcorn. It was funny. It was funny, but you're just still like, something is happening. But what is it? And you're trying to read Roman, and you're trying to get into Roman's head. And it's too difficult. It's too complicated in there. It's scary. Thought it was real good. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, I think it's, well, it's going to be an interesting rumble, right? It should be a good rumble. I'm sure the rumble match will be good because I love it when you don't, the story that's being told right now is leaving an opening for the story. We're going to clearly be having a new story going into the, to WrestleMania, right? Roman's going to have a new story to go to at WrestleMania. I don't think that Sammy or KO will be the person that he's worried about once we get to WrestleMania. So you have to believe that whatever happens at the Royal Rumble will be the beginning of the WrestleMania story. And that the KO Sami Zayn story will tie up at Elimination Chamber, but the WrestleMania story will have already started. So they'll kind of interweave with each other. It'll be that Venn diagram, and then they'll separate and and we'll go straight into WrestleMania. That's what's making me optimistic about the Royal Rumble. The pitch black match has to be good, especially now. Triple H can't be uh, can't afford to to make weird corporate sponsored matches that don't quite fit in with the story. And Bray needs it too. This is Bray's first televised match back. People have been very patient. It's been since Extreme Rules. It's been a long time. People have been very patient with it, expecting there to be a payoff. I'm optimistic. You know, they've got months. They've got weeks, not months, weeks. But they've had several weeks from the time this was being built up to now. They still have weeks until the Rumble to figure out some way to make this work. And I think that they will but I've thought a lot of things. I've been wrong before. It just doesn't happen that often. And that's why we do what we do. Hey, if you got thoughts on any of this, email me, notsamwrestling at gmail.com. That email address is notsamwrestling at gmail.com. 
And we will see you right here next week on Not Sam Wrestling.